0: Today's scripture reading is taken from Psalm 34, verses 15 through 19. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. This is God's word. Hey, welcome. My name is Brian. I am so glad that you are here with us, whether you have been uh, a part of Trinity for many, many years or whether this is your first time tuning in, I am so thankful that you are here. Now, let me start off with just one uh, update announcement for us. You heard last week some of the ways that we are actively serving and giving uh, back to our community during this time of incredible crisis here in New York City and all over the world, uh, certainly. Um, but ways that we're doing to make a difference here. So you heard about last week how we are uh, giving money to um, the Bowery Mission, who does an excellent uh, ministry working with the homeless community, many who are in a very vulnerable situation right now. This week, uh, I want you to know that we are actually giving money to both um, a restaurant here locally as well as a coffee shop uh, and sponsoring meals and coffee for our frontline medical workers uh, here in the hospitals right around us on the Upper East Side. I am a firm believer that coffee is necessary um, at all times, but perhaps even more so um, now. We're incredibly thankful for the work that they're doing and also want to be supportive of our local businesses as well, just in this time of economic uncertainty. We want to be a support as a community. Now, if you're interested in ways that you can individually participate and help out, be sure to check out our website. Um, We have a whole section on different things that you can be involved in. Now, um, I wanna start uh, today talking a little bit about this idea of pandemic pastimes, okay? I don't know if that's an actual phrase, but I'm air quoting, so I'm assuming it is. Pandemic pastimes, when you're on social media, um you know you're looking at the different things that people are doing um if you're fortunate enough to have a place that you can call home and you have a, a job that you can shelter in place um you know there's a lot of people with a lot of extra time on their hands or maybe the time looks different maybe that's a better way to say it um and you see people kind of posting now Well, look, here's here's the things i'm doing with my time right and when you are watching all the things go by, the different things that people are doing, it it really can almost make you feel bad, especially if you have a bunch of like type AAA, you know, super productive friends, right? Uh, You never see or rarely see anybody on social media who's saying, uh, I'm not okay, and it's okay not to be okay. You know, most people don't feel okay with not being okay. Right, so what do we project? Well, I mean, look at all these great baking projects I'm doing. Uh, Look at these cute pictures with my kids. Um, I've I've learned two new languages. You haven't learned any new languages during this time. And there's almost this expectation, right, that it's that even though you're at home and the world is in crisis and there's all these losses piling up around us, right, that that drive to still accomplish, grow, have this endless uh, season of new things that you're learning and being a part of, and You know, touring virtual museums, educating, bettering ourselves, it's great. But we have to be okay not being okay. Because it it actually plays a really important role in our lives and a lot of us feel very uncomfortable with that, right? We would much rather be on this, this, um, you know, perpetual upward direction. But that's not actually how life works. Now, I want to read you something here from the book of Ecclesiastes. We actually just managed a whole series on the book of Ecclesiastes. If you didn't uh, check it out, you can look back in our backlog. But I want to read you something from, from chapter 3. You might, you might recognize some of the words. Ecclesiastes 3. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And this one, I think if there was ever a Bible verse that was amazing for this time period, it would be this. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Okay, this is maybe the time to refrain from embracing. But, but seriously, though, what, what Ecclesiastes is talking about is that there, there really is different seasons in life. And there, there are seasons that are more typified by winter, by things not growing, by things looking like they've died. And then there's times for things like spring where there's new life and it seems like everything is coming awake, but but most of us we want to totally deny that there's these seasons in life and we we actually believe that they're they're just everything must be you know the first week of may and all the year must be just like this this nice spring beautiful weather outside sort of a week but ecclesiastes says that's not reality i mean that would be nice sure But there's actually a season. There's a time for everything. Yes, there's a time to laugh. There's a time to rejoice and feel great about everything. And you know what? There's also a time to weep. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to enter into grief. And it's actually a really important time. And you won't see people posting about it very often because we're not okay, not being okay. But it's actually really critical for us. And so uh, we want to understand how do we process grief well? How do we enter into grief in in a healthy way um, so that we can continue to find peace and, and a groundedness in our lives and in our spiritual walk? But then also we can serve others who are in that place as well. Because this is a time for grief. This is a season for grief, right? We are experiencing incredible losses, and oftentimes we're not even aware of the uh, influence that grief is playing in our life. So I had an interesting experience just today, actually. I was heading out. I I needed to grab something, and um, my mind was on what needed to be done, task list, blah, blah, blah. I'm just kind of in go mode. And I go to grab my face mask, and I grab it, and I look at it. And I start to tear up. And all of a sudden, I go from this place of, I'm not thinking about pandemics. I'm not, I'm not you know, scrolling through newsfeed. It's just like these moments that, that catch you. I've talked with multiple people who said I, just, I find myself randomly crying over what seems like nothing. You know what that actually is? That thing that you're feeling in that moment or maybe even right now? It's called Grief. Right, it's this, it's this mourning, it's this weeping over things that are lost, right, or things that will never be, and or at least not be for any time soon. And it certainly, certainly, is for when a loved one passes away. Um, Could be something very traumatic, um, like the the loss of a a job. Um, But you know, it can be a lot of other things too that are maybe a little bit less concrete. the plans that you had for vacation that you've been saving up for and were really excited about, it could be about the strain of relationships right now. It could go for weeks feeling unseen, unheard, maybe not cared for. I mean, there's so many different things that, that the losses in our lives that, that pile up. And when they are left undealt with, it actually starts to work its way out in some really negative and unhealthy ways in our lives, right? And how we process through that is called grief. But it's something we actually have to intentionally enter into. We need to recognize there is a time for it. And instead of kind of shoving everything in the closet and closing the doors and hoping it doesn't get out, grief is how to actually kind of process through this, how to let go of that which will never be, or at least not right now, so that you are free to take hold of that which is new and what God has for you. Now, there is a time for grief and church. This is a time for grief. Now, I want to read to you also something that Paul says. Um, Paul says this in the book of Thessalonians. He's in a conversation about um, the resurrection and rapture and people going to be with Jesus and How does that work? Um, What about people who died before maybe Jesus came back? And there's all these kind of questions that are going on in uh, the mind of the people um, that Paul's writing to. But I want you to hear kind of how he frames this idea um, for them of grief. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may give that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep you know what what paul is saying there He's not saying that Christians don't grieve, okay? He's not saying, hey, if if you're a Christian, what that means is you just never feel the losses around you because, I don't know why, whatever, the reasons we tend to make up in our minds of maybe that's not spiritual to grieve. Paul actually says the opposite. He goes, we do grieve because that's, that's a natural, healthy process. But the difference is that Christians grieve with hope. They grieve with hope. Because of the resurrection. That when we look at the losses in our lives, right, what, what we are acknowledging because of the eternal life, the, the grace and the goodness that exists before us, we are more able to face the reality of the loss behind us. Because for the Christian, what is before will always be better than what is behind. So, Paul casts it in this way, that even though the Thessalonians were worried, what's going to happen to my loved one? And and is there some, you know, loss that can't be recovered? Are they going to miss out on what God has? And Paul assures them and goes, I I want you to grieve. I I think you should grieve when your family member dies. That's normal. That's what should be happening, right? That's how you process through things. But, 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 we do it with hope because for the believer, for those who are in Christ Jesus and his life and his spirit is in them, that which lies before is always going to be greater than that which lies behind. And that doesn't mean that, well, since it's good over here, I I don't feel the loss over here. No, we do. But the hope of resurrection and, and the glory and the grace that God has for us actually helps us be able to to let go and then be able to take hold of, to grieve, but to grieve with hope. Now, um, similar to last week, I want you to, to watch this interview um, that we're going to do and uh, to be able to talk with someone about this, a little bit more in depth about this idea of grief and how we can process through it together join with us. Hey, thanks so much uh, everyone for joining us. I want to introduce you to my friend David Rogers. Now, Dave and I actually go all the way back to seminary and Dallas Theological Seminary where we first met, and uh, Dave is the care minister at Northwest Bible Church. He's also a licensed professional counselor and um, just has worked a lot in this particular field, and so Dave, thanks so much for being here with us.
1: Good to be with you
0: today. So um, we're talking about grief and just a little bit about what the Bible says about it. We're also kind of trying to um deepen our understanding of it to help us grieve well. So maybe you can just start uh and help us out by answering the question: what exactly is grief and, and how is it different than other emotions?
1: Yeah, grief really um we place it in that category as an emotion. Uh it's it's really involves many emotions, if not all of them. And I think about grief more as a process. Um, It's, I would say it's the, it's the process we go through to heal from a loss uh, of something that, that can't be repaired or replaced. It's been referred to as the emotion that heals all other emotions. And so it's a, it's it, I put it in that emotion category, but I think it's broader as we, as we think about it as a process.
0: That's really interesting because a lot of times we do want to kind of lump it in with just an emotion, but, you know, maybe for some of us or myself who, you know, as we've heard a little bit about this topic or entered into it um, initially, you know, I've always heard things of like the stages of grief. Um, Could you talk to us a little bit about this whole idea of process or stages within grief?
1: Yes, most of us have heard about uh, stages of grief, and and I would say grief is a very individualized process to the person, uh, to the loss that that person is experiencing, but there are some commonalities. So we can pick out uh, the stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then moving into acceptance. We can kind of track those. And those stages can make us think there's this linear process and and kind of a right or wrong way to do it. Um, But it's it's a lot more um, back and forth in those stages. A person can move into those stages and go back, moving all the way to acceptance and seemingly be done and then go back. Um, And sometimes it repeats uh, through that cycle before it's completely healed.
0: So, talk to me about this. What, what happens if somebody gets um, stuck in one of those things and they don't go through the process? What's kind of the, the consequence of that, if you will?
1: The, that's probably one of the more common things. As, as people get stuck in these places, I would say that's probably a more of a, uh, a passive response to grief. They're kind of coping and dealing the best with they can the best that they can feeling these things, but they tend to get stuck, and without a little help from outside, they will tend to stay there and maybe get very, very bitter and angry, um, and and that can kind of build stuck on that emotion. Uh, they can get very, very, very hopeless uh, and kind of get stuck on that emotion. And we've the the path out of that is to get s- to deal with some of these other emotions, look at it from a different way because they're, they're not um, progressing through the process. Um, and I would say maybe embracing the process, they kind of get fixated on one aspect of it.
0: Yeah. You know, that's really good. Cause so, so many of us, I mean, we don't want to even be in the process at all, even if we conceive it that way, you know, we kind of want to just skip over it. Um, but skipping, you know, can more than not equal stuck. Uh, more than anything else.
1: There's, I think that's something valuable to remember. There's no shortcut to it. Uh, Hmm. Definitely. It's something we don't want to be in most times, but there's just not a quick way
0: out. Hmm. So maybe um, talk about this a little bit about what does it uh, look like to grieve well, if we, if we go, okay, we do need to do it. Um, And I, and I can't, just kind of shortcut it and go, I actually don't want to deal with the anger part. I just want to get to acceptance or, you know, feeling depressed or whatever. What, since there are no shortcuts, what is it maybe a healthy way for us to think about how do we grieve well?
1: Yeah, I, I try to, to think of uh, what, what components do I need? And I think of three come to mind. Um, the first being intentionality. Uh, it is something you choose. Um, everyone will suffer loss not everyone will grieve. Um, and if you, if you picture grief as a, a deep well of hurt and pain, we kind of have to be willing to go to the bottom of that well and find out just how deep our loss is. Um, because most of the time, grief uh, affects us a lot more than we know uh, or realize it at first glance. Um, and so to heal the hurt, uh, to To care for the pain that that is very real, um, we have to acknowledge it and look at it. Um, this is also a, a way of really honoring the loss um, if i 'm unwilling to think about how much it hurt um, losing someone or something i can 't really fully appreciate how special that was to me um, i was I was talking to somebody recently uh, a few weeks ago in the midst of all this who was really overwhelmingly sad, um, that the Olympics had been postponed. Um, they would found themselves crying at random times and getting upset and they felt really just embarrassed and kind of, uh, stupid. Um, they were kind of beating themselves up for feeling that way. And as we talked, um, this was something the family had done for years. Um, it's just the Olympics were a big deal and we'd always get together. We always watched it. Um, and when they weren't watching it, they were talking about it. Did you see this race? Did you, uh, did you, you see that race? Um, and this year just made everything feel more distant. Um, they, they were feeling more alone. And then they began to share that, um, their mom had passed away, uh, from breast cancer, uh, a couple of years ago, and this was going to be the first Olympics without her. Um, No more, nor no calling her or cheering on their favorite person, and so this little loss—the Olympics had been um, postponed—had really, really deep meaning um, and and deep, deep hurt. And so when we got to the bottom of that well and exposed really just how deep that was, the grief began to heal, the loss, and you could just see the weight being lifted. Wow. So intentionality is a big part of moving into grief. Um and we we do it purposefully. Um now, now p- can
0: I ask something real quick here when you talk about intentionality moving into grief. Um how easy is that to do by yourself?
1: <laughs> the other piece of that, this next component speaks to that perfectly because grief has to have empathy. Um, I, I Grief is something that has to be done in relationship. Um, It it may be even harder than looking at the pain yourself is inviting somebody else to go into the well with you. Um, The scripture calls us to mourn with those who mourn uh, and bear each other's burdens. And and we're just designed by God to grieve with uh, each other. Um, So many times Um, as we're going through this, um, it can be complicated. Like, like we were talking about thinking there's a right or wrong way. Um, when I hear a a very painful story and I see it, um, as a, as a big negative going on the scale, I want to make a a big positive to kind of balance it out and, and make it okay. Um, but it's not okay. Uh, I think that's the thing we need to realize. It's not okay that mom died. Um, it's not okay that I wasn't there to be with her in the hospital because of the quarantine. Um, it's, it's not okay. We had to Facebook live the memorial service. Um, there's not going to be another senior prom. Uh, there's not going to be another freshman orientation. Um, grief really needs to be told to someone and I need to see how big your loss is. Um. And even be able to say, I don't know what to say about that. I'm just here to to hurt with you. So, empathy is a really healing part of
0: the grief process. And sharing, you know, David, I so love that you mentioned that the the freedom to say, I don't know what to say, um, because I feel like that can that can hold a lot of us up. Going, I'm just, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, or I feel like I have to have this word and um you know you really don't to be present with somebody and just to experience and empathize um it, it's okay not to know what to do other than just being present and caring yes
1: and i think that go, that that goes to this this last component i would say we need in grace uh in in grief is grace mm-hmm. um it's it's not a linear process um there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to do it, um, we might move to acceptance, um, and and I might be okay today. Um, and then next week, uh, I might something has has set off the grief in me, and I'm I'm sad. I'm kind of hopeless again. Um, my son's a senior in high school, um, and so when I tell you I'm um, I'm sad, we didn't get to do graduation. Um, it, it was canceled. Um, you're going to get over that a lot faster than I am. Hmm. And, uh, you, we, we tend to have this timeline. When you tell me about your loss, I automatically have this idea that this would be an appropriate amount of time to grieve that particular loss. Hmm. Um, but chances are, I'm going to need to tell my story uh, a lot more times and maybe a lot longer. Then you want to listen to it. Um, so I need grace uh, just to be where I am on any given day, uh, just be able to tell my story, and then I've got to give myself grace to do that. Um, so it's just it's just a very um, intentional relational process that's really covered in a lot of grace for each other as we do it.
0: Mm. You know, Dave, I so appreciate that because it, it really is um, a process. And, you know, some of the people I've seen who have cared so well for others um, ha- have been very intentional to be okay with wherever the person is, you know, and, and not trying to go, are we still here, you know, or you need to move on, but but to kind of help process that. You know, Dave... Um, Thank you so much uh, for being with us today. There are so many things that could be said and I feel like I could listen to you talk about it for hours, but um, for all those who are watching, we're actually gonna put in the description below just some different uh, links um, and things that you can look at to maybe dive into this a little bit more intentionally. Everything from things to educate yourself a little bit about it, but also just even some groups that you can uh, in relationship with others kind of process through some of the grief that's going on so be sure to check that out and um, Dave thank you thank you thank you for joining us today it's been a privilege
1: it's been great to be with you and and just uh, praying God's blessings uh, on you and, and your congregation as you deal with all the losses
0: amen you know church I'm reminded of psalm 34 where it says that the Lord is near the brokenhearted. And that he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I want you to know that the grief that we feel around us, the loss that we are experiencing as a a whole community, not just as an individual, this is just me and my situation, but actually it's just grief is washing over the whole world. Losses are piling up all around us. And you know, God says, That in that place, when when you are feeling crushed in spirit, that God is actually moving closer to you in a unique and special way and you can experience the grace and the goodness of God in that season, a season to grieve like you won't experience in any other place or time. I pray for myself I'm I'm praying for you. I'm praying for all of us in this city that this is a time for grieving uh, for ourselves and for grieving along with those around us. Scripture says this, weep with those who weep. Mourn with those who mourn. Enter into the realities of each other to provide support, care, love. But as we do it, we do it with hope. Hope of the resurrection, of what lies ahead and the glory that God has revealed in his son for us to partake in. May you grieve well this week.